What's up, ding-dongs? Uh, welcome to the Side Talks podcast, a podcast about movies. That's right. We talk about movies here. I'm Corey Kraft. I just grazed past your intro. I'm I, Rachel Morgan. I don't. I, I, I was just having a conversation with the listener, yeah. just asking my, my bud here who's listening to this podcast, what's up, ding-dongs? I mean, you know, like I do. That's how I do. Is that, are we just going to leave it at that? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's this shit? All right, lay it on me. Old school. I jumped into this one. I don't know what the hell is going on. I can tell you it's not that old of a film. Okay. Fairly recent. It is a period piece. Okay. It looks like it takes place in the 50s, and it looks like it takes place in the 50s. Like, the production design looks like a very stylized 50s. Kind of like the way you you see stuff from – I see stuff from the 80s, and I'm like, oh, yeah, people would have worn that and that, but they wouldn't have worn all 70 of those things together. Got it. Okay. It feels like a very production design heavy-handed kind of situation. 1950s kitchen, two people are sitting at a table, and they're talking about insurance. Uh-huh. Both of these people are famous. One of them is a very famous and, and highly acclaimed actress. Okay. And they're going back and forth about red flags and insurance. And there's a little kid watching from the stairs. I already stairs. have a guess. You want to go? Is go this forth. the movie Suburbicon? You got it. Ding, ding, ding. I can't even freaking believe it. That's really, really impressive. Wow. Am I wrong? That's really impressive. Uh, yeah. This Absolutely. movie is awful. It looks terrible. And by the way, the the actress that I mentioned, Julianne like, Moore, Julianne Moore, uh, talking and, with Oscar Isaac. And, yeah, and she's terrible. I oh, mean, yeah. she's no. so turned. Nobody's to, like, good in this movie. It's terrible. Uh, it stars Matt Damon, Julianne Moore, Oscar Isaac, directed by George Clooney, with a screenplay. Oh no! That was originally written by Joel and Ethan Cohen. All of these people are among my favorite film people working right now right oh but you know this is this is an awful movie mm, this is what happens when you kick a coen brothers film to somebody else i know no they're the only ones who can direct their writing as far as i'm concerned and it feels now that you mentioned this what it feels like is george clooney trying to wear a costume of a of like ethan cohen yeah and you know clooney a frequent collaborator of the cohen's you know he probably approached this thinking like well i've seen them work i know what they do i know how they do it well, sadly, sadly, that that seems true. I, I, he started his career strongly as a director. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind is a movie I really like. Ew. Good Night and Good Luck is a movie I love. And then everything after that has been, Ooh, at best, boy. all right. But at worst, and I'd say this is his worst movie, awful. Yeah, this is really bad. So Suburbicon, if you don't know, is kind of a semi-noir comedy-ish, thriller-ish yeah. about Matt Damon uh, trying to bump off his wife, played by Julianne Moore, so he can get with his wife's sister, also played by Julianne Moore. Which, oh, okay, no. not a good, not a good start. Oh, that's why I was confused. Um, <laughs> and then Oscar Isaac is some sort of crook who shows up trying to blackmail them when he discovers what's going on. Okay. Um, I'm meanwhile, under, it's coming together for me now. So this looks terrible. It is, but the, here's the worst part about it. In parallel to this main story is the story of a black family moving into this white suburban neighborhood as the first sort of family to integrate this neighborhood. And it's based on a real story. What happened was, of course, the racist white neighbors formed a mob and drove them out of their house, like by rioting. But this isn't that this isn't that film or that's just that's like a film within a film. That's that's happening across the street. I got you. And so. I don't know 
I, I don't think it was Joel and Ethan who decided that that story could live comfortably with their semi-twisted comic noir story. That sounds like a George Clooney, like yeah, it does. Uh, respectable liberal uh, filmmaker decision. Can we sneak a moral in here while we're at it? Yeah, exactly. No, and it is as clumsy and heavy-handed and frankly terribly executed as it sounds. Um, I, I, you know, I still love George as an actor. I think he's done a lot of great stuff, but boy, oh boy, I, I can't get behind this one at all. Yeah. Well, speaking of George Clooney, let's keep it moving. And now a look at what we're watching this week. Well, guess what I've seen? What have you seen? I have seen Triangle of Sadness. Okay. And I love, 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 love this film, Corey. Interesting. It All is right. on the very top of my list. The top? It's up in the top four or five for sure my of the goodness. year. I think it's brilliant. I love it and really, really intensely. Were you on the Cannes Film Festival jury this year? Because uh, that would explain a lot. I was. No, I'm, I was not. But Actually, it, but I think the I aforementioned Julianne Moore was. I have their back. I think this I think this film is, is so good and so dynamic and so funny and so mean and cynical and nasty and really punch in the face to capitalism, which needs it really bad right about now. I thought it was amazing. And I, I've it's very experiential, too. Sure. And being on the boat and the vomit scene, I was roaring, just yelling at the at the screen. I mean, that scene is amazing. I had a really good time with this. I don't really know why this wouldn't be way up your list, except that I can say that I haven't seen Tar yet. Yeah, I anticipate liking it, but I haven't seen it yet. I don't. I'm, that wouldn't though bump this any further down the list. I wouldn't think. It, it, at the very least, I would think it it would come below Tar. Right. So I know you kind of came out strong for Tar and have said Triangle of Sadness was fine to you, but wasn't you didn't come in here championing it no. like I have. No, solidly good. Not a movie that I love, but solidly good. I'm looking at my list of favorite movies of the year, and this is currently uh, you're not going to like to hear this. Uh, number 75. you got to be 75. kidding me. I wonder if that's something we could even argue because you like the film. I think this thing is brilliant. I think it deserves to be way up at the very top of your list. What the hell? What the hell? Okay, I need this list because <laughs> I want to know what other 74 films this year you thought were better. I don't want to show you this list now because I am I wanna, not looking to get yelled hell? at at what, the moment. Yeah, you need to sh- well, we got to have something to fight about. Well, so I need this list. I'm going to need this list. Okay. It's. I think this is a really sharp film. Again, really cutting and cynical and nasty in a way that I really appreciate and love. Well, yeah. I, what's your I, what's your what's your hang up? Everything before the boat sickness scene mm-hmm, yeah. and everything after the boat sickness scene scene does just doesn't live up to that sort of sustained comic energy. The movie's two and a half hours long. Yeah. And it don't need to be. Um, especially I, I, because you know the 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 first part pre boat hits the same point over and over again. The second or the third part post boat yeah. hits the same point over and over again. And after a while, I was just like, I get it. This is not really coming together for me beyond just sort of incidental sort of episodes that I really appreciate. I look at the first part almost like a prologue. Yeah, and I think that it has three parts because triangle. 
Yeah, but it's a and long so, fucking prologue. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I, I mean, and you, you came out strong for Black Panther running at two hours and fifteen minutes. So yeah, because guys are punching think, each other. In I that do movie. think it's that different. most most films are a little bit long, but if anything, this this film is maybe fifteen minutes long. But you, I, you don't think that the the commentary, while not unenjoyable, is also not what you would call novel or like even particularly new to contemporary cinema? I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's, yeah, I actually do think it, I do think that there's some fresh things going on here. I think mm. that the person, I don't want to, I'm, I'm trying to talk about this without spoiling it, but I think the person who, who ends up taking some power and control, right. that's clearly the, very relevant. Yes, that's I, a very interesting part of the movie. I wish that it were a bit more concise. And I like the, I like the play out of the, of, again, hard to talk about, but I like the, play on sexual harassment sure i like the play on uh on sort of corporate greed which is has a different face once you get to the island oh yes Uh, gotcha i mean i i'm not this is a black comedy right and i i'm not mad at it not being sustainably funny throughout i think it it has these moments of humor throughout but i do think it has some very kind of gruesome gut-wrenching content as well sure i mean i don't i don't think it's supposed to be non-stop laughter as a matter of fact the prologue strikes me as a little bit of a a little less of a humorous yeah it, tone the, and the comedy a, there is in discomfort right yeah for sure um and, and in questioning where the hell we're going right. i mean i did think that yeah most of the stuff on the yacht is is very satisfying I, I feel similarly to it as I felt about Ruben Ostlund's previous film, which also won the Palme d'Or at Cannes, uh, a movie called The Square, which is another yeah, like super like long too. art world satire. And I had a lot of the same problems with The Square that I have with Triangle of Sadness. Too long, a bit too obvious, some individual scenes and sequences that I think are really cooking, but it never really comes together as a full, you know, I think there are some obvious things, but I think there's a lot of stuff working in Triangle of Sadness that that aren't that aren't completely obvious. I mean, I think that the the sort of division of labor and the division of goods sure. works subtextually in some ways, as does this sort of sexual aspect that happens at a certain point. Using using uh, beauty and sexuality, as I think Ostlund put it in an interview, as currency in in mm-hmm. both the real world and then in the yeah, microcosm world. Yeah, but also. World. Also using sex in a in a manner in which is power sure to get what you want while you know giving giving what somebody needs to survive i there's a lot of that again I'm trying to talk around it a little bit, but there's a lot of that happening, and I don't think that's just all very obvious and 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 textual i I thought it was a really interesting film and I think it has a really provocative and unsatisfying in, in, a, in, a, in a way ending yeah. that I that I enjoy uh, kind of spinning around in my head that's fair I mean it is certainly a provocation the ending I, and a lot of the rest of the film to me it, you know nothing about it really reaches the heights of his breakout in America uh, from 2014 force majeure which I think is a fantastic movie. Yeah. That's that's easily his I mean, best movie for me. I still, you mentioned that you know it's not original. I think what other films are putting capitalism and the one percent and a headlock quite at this level? I think the White Lotus is doing that on on television. Okay, I think Succession is doing that on television. Eh, I, those are such different. Those are such different pieces, even including format. Yeah, I know that, but like. <sighs> 
it's all kind of blurring together as it is, right? Like I, the, this this I line disagree. between film and television is permeable. And I, I'm not saying that there's not something in the zeitgeist. And I'm not saying that just because Succession is a TV show that nobody in cinema should be attempting to dissect the lives of the 1% and the obscene It's a very wealth. different approach. This is a very different approach. Not – a a good, a solid approach, not an approach that I would have rewarded with the palm door at can. Oh my god. What would you have given it to? Well, um a movie that I'm gonna talk about during okay. my what All I'm right. watching. Well, I'll tell you really section. quickly before we get to that then, just just okay. super fast. I also saw Ticket to Paradise. Yeah. Speaking I mentioned Old George. I alluded to that. Oh boy. George Clooney, Julia Roberts, no. No, it's so bad. And the two young women from Booksmart, not the two lead, not the two Billy Lord and um, uh, Caitlin Deaver. And it's this thing is miserable. This thing is just. I, I mean, I'm I, gonna watch this because it looks delightful to me, I, and I'm gonna. I, I'm you, probably gonna fight you on I'll it. I'll tell you what. Please, 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 please watch this. Okay. And I would love to fight you on it. I'll shut up now, as a matter of fact, because I don't actually think you're going to bring to the table an argument for this film. If you do, shit, get ready. <laughs> Get Sam warmed up. I'm just going to be like, well, Julia Roberts is delightful, so uh what do you want? She's actually not delightful. This Mm -hmm. thing's a mess. Okay. Okay, so you watch it. Let me know. All right. And then I watched Shania at the Rome International Film Festival, which Uh is in Rome, Georgia, not Rome, Italy. I watched the Shania Twain docs, Shania Twain, Not Just a Girl, which I enjoyed a lot. Cool. I didn't there's, know there was a Shania Twain doc. There I is guess a Shania there's a Twain doc. doc about everybody. So it was really enjoyable. It was very pro Shania and, and, you know, very, it's, clearly sanitized and the way that all these documentaries now do when they're lifting up a pop star, pop slash country star in this case. But I, I really had a good time. I enjoyed it. And there were, there are moments, there are definitely very Shania moments. We get to see the decisions being made about the leopard print, head to toe look, all that kind of stuff is, I love. There's a motorcycle that flies across the stage in her Vegas show with her riding on it. Uh, I learned some things about Shania, and I really, including the fact that first of all, she's incredibly odd. Ah, yeah. Canadian country singer. She was in and, I Heart Huckabees, so that tracks. Yeah, there you go. She's an incredible. She's much stranger of a person than I thought she was, and a much more ambitious and strategic and um, self-made person than I thought she was. I didn't realize things like she lost both of her parents in car crash when oh, she was very young. I didn't know that. And. She was the 18-year-old in the family, so like in the show Party of Five, she had to raise – even though I think there was only three – she had to raise her siblings and had to actually go work to do that. And that's part of why she began singing. She had actually been been taken to clubs when she was young by her mother. They sneak out of the house at night, and she would have her sing. She was pushing her to be a singer, but mm-hmm. she got a like kind of like a like one of those Branson-y kind of shows to support the family, and that's what pushed her in that direction. But she was very very determined human being, and I didn't realize how much of her career and her life was her vision for herself. So anyway, well, it sounds like film. the Shania doc did impress you much. It did. It impressed me a much. Am I right, folks? Am I right, oh, Shania? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I got to – I'm leaving that one okay. on the table. What have you been watching? Well, okay. I want to talk about the film that of the limited, admittedly limited lineup from the Cannes 2022 yeah. Film yeah. Festival uh, that I have seen so far. A lot of these movies haven't been released in America yet or are still in limited release and still rolling out. Yep. Um, 
But my favorite thus far is James Gray's Armageddon Time, which as of the time of this recording is currently playing at the Sidewalk Cinema. We're playing it through December 1st, so depending on when you hear this, it could still be there. And if it isn't, you messed up because it's great. Um, I love James Gray. James Gray is a very quiet sort of classical filmmaker. um, And here he is making a sort of coming of age autobiography piece, a memory piece set in 1980 on the verge of the election of Ronald Reagan. As he, as a young sixth grader, is enrolled into public school and befriends uh, a troubled young boy. Uh, in his school now. Now this young boy is black. Uh, this our protagonist is Jewish from a family led by uh, Anne Hathaway and Jeremy Strong as his parents and Anthony Hopkins as his beloved grandfather. Yeah. They are of course not Jewish actors, which is kind of one of the points of the movie, which is the fact that this is a family that has been able to assimilate, right? Been able to uh, accept that mantle of whiteness um, that, that, you know, as Jewish folks are finding out, especially in 2022, is kind of provisional. Um, So what happens is our protagonist sees how the world – treats him compared to how the world treats his young black friend right? and learns a series of hard lessons about the unfairness of American society at the verge of the Reagan era. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a quiet movie. I think it is a movie that if you see it, you will find boring uh, and you will tell me that you find it boring in a five minute fight. Um, really? But it uh, do is- you hear this? I mean, presumption. Oh, okay. Uh, well, it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. So oh, I so hope that I'm wrong. I, must not like I it. hope, but yeah, you know, if the shoe fits, right? Um, I'm sort of joking, kind of. Uh huh. Um, uh-huh. But it's great. I don't give a shit. Okay. <laughs> it's a great movie. Uh, it has a lot of really. Um, sort of dense ideas about assimilation, about privilege, about sort of how 1980 leads to some of the very real issues that America continues to face today. Mm -hmm. I don't want to give anything away, but Jessica Chastain shows up in a cameo role uh, for one scene as a public figure. Now we're getting to the bottom of it. That may surprise you. Um, And she's, she's fantastic. But the standout performance here is Anthony Hopkins, who is on a roll at the twilight of his career, just killing it in movies like the father. And now this, uh, so Armageddon Time, uh, one of my favorites of the year. And then I want to mention very briefly that a couple weeks ago I was in New York City and went to the Paris Theater in Midtown, yeah. uh, which is one of the last operating – I think it might be the last operating single-screen cinema in Manhattan. It is now owned and operated by Netflix, and it's yeah. predominantly a venue so that Netflix can show their movies for, like, Oscar consideration Break before they up. go to, Break to stream Break them up. Um, so I saw Alejandro Gonzalez in Uritu's new movie, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, which is his follow-up to The Revenant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like Inuritu in general. Uh, I think Birdman is terrible. I think yeah. the the Revenant is bad. Yeah. 21 Grams is bad. Babel is bad. I run oh, I cold like on, Babel. Uh, well, 
You can keep it. Um, Bardo is the least annoyed I've been by an Inuritu movie, but I I, I qualify that by saying, you know, you go into it and you expect a a certain degree of overcranked ridiculousness, and he delivers on that front. There are things in this movie that are absurd and just kind of artistically offensive to me, Um, but – Bardo is also kind of another sort of autobiographical eight and a half style thing. Mm -hmm. Self-indulgence is kind of the point. So if you just kind of vibe with it on sheer filmmaking alone, which is what everybody tells you to do with Birdman and the Revenant, but I can't with those movies. I could with Bardo. If you can do it too, it's all right. Birdman's terrible. Birdman is so terrible. Um, this is another movie that that I I guess is marginally okay, but um, I had a good time seeing it on the big screen. It was a, a film print too, a thirty five oh, millimeter nice. print. That's nice. So the novelty of just seeing all the little bumps and and little bits of fuzz on the print and just hearing the pop from the the audio that took me back. Maybe that accounts for some of the good feelings that I have for Bardo. Um, so yeah, um, that'll be on Netflix streaming sometime in mid December too. So you know. Got to see it a bit early there on the big screen. Is anybody talking about how ironic it is that Netflix is shoving this blockbuster oh, yeah. Everybody, film yeah. down that's, everyone's throat? That's the only thing. I mean, nobody's watching it. So right, you know, right. all you They're can just do bitching is, about it. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Remark at the, the irony. Yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. Netflix. I, I saw it on there. I saw spitting it. on the grave of blockbuster with their new wacky sitcom about the last blockbuster a business that they, you know, Fuck essentially you. ran into the ground. Fuck you, Netflix. Um, good movies, though. Hmm. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to this Side Talks podcast. We are your own personal cinematic sun-dried tomato and Canadian bacon. Well, those are two good things so, what, what's the controversy here uh, i just was actually talking about there's no controversy really it's okay. just that there's an association and i'm gonna be sun-dried tomato because i don't eat meat oh uh, yeah so sure, you get to be candy bacon sorry uh, but you did is there some sort um, of pizza related it was just a very well i'm hungry right yeah, now as sure. i mentioned on one of our breaks i'm hungry but i was just thinking the other day about dated toppings on pizzas that have fallen yeah. from favor you don't see sun-dried tomatoes too much on, you really on menus don't. these days you really don't i hadn't thought about that that's very true and Cosmos Pizza, that was a pizza place here in Birmingham, yeah. was holding down that menu from the time that I was in high school all the way through to the day it closed. Yep. And Sun-Dried Tomato is on there. And I've also talked about trying to duplicate like a Hawaiian pizza mm-hmm. with with not eating meat, right? Uh, and Hawaiian pizza is a very 80s thing. Yeah. People would get that. My dad would get that, that Canadian bacon and pineapple, right? And so I would, I would try to replicate that in a vegetarian world. Or really, I'm pescatarian, but I'm not putting fish on pizza, y'all. And so I would try to replicate that by doing a green olive and pineapple. Which okay. Yeah. Sometimes works. Not always. I can but see sometimes it. works. I can see it. You know, now they do fancy Hawaiian type pizzas with like prosciutto instead yeah, of Yeah, I don't need bacon. all that. I like my I classic like topping. I like I hear you. Uh, and I don't know many other toppings that feel just like they're so classic, but have. have kind of gone to the wayside i mean anchovies are still hanging in there they depending are. on where you go so is so are mushrooms you know I love so mushrooms. pretty much now people try to get fancy with the mushrooms i like a straight up just plain old like button mushroom i don't need to have all this fancy mushroom on my now pizza. you you want to load up a pizza with mushrooms of all different 
That's varieties. different. I'm in, I want to have my I want to have my basic option though, and I don't want them out of a can. No, 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 no. That that is the worst pizza. In that is topping. not good. And mushroom I, my from favorite, a can. No, 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 no. My favorite pizza place in town, which is Davenport's yeah, Pizza they Palace, do that. which if they sponsored this podcast, would I would gain a lot of weight and I'd be happy. Uh, that I did because it would be on Davenport's pizza, but they do out of a can, and that's why I say Davenport's. I love you, but I will never get mushrooms on a Davenport. No, pizza. You, you you make that mistake exactly once, and then you you yeah. realize it. I mean, Davenport's again, great pizza place. They've got a lot of great pizza, but like, come on with that, guys. That's not the that's not the route we want to go. Anyway, if you can think of any toppings that have fallen from favor that you used to eat a lot in the '80s or '90s, should you have been alive during that time, then send us a an email at podcast at sidewalkfest.com. Thanks to Boutwell Studios. Thanks, Brad. Yes, sir. And uh, check us out online at Sidewalk Film or sidewalkfest.com, uh, where you can see what we're playing at the cinema. We're playing a lot of good stuff, as I said earlier. At Holiday the moment, series we're, coming up. We're playing Armageddon time. We've got Tar coming up. We're bringing Tar back to town yeah. um, on our screens. Uh, and yeah, a holiday series coming in December. That's going to be things like Home Alone 2 and Die Hard 2, things that you could go see Home Alone or Die Hard at the Alabama Theater and then come see the sequel with us. That's right. Uh, Smoky Mountain Christmas with Dolly Parton and the very basic traditional but i think well loved the holiday of course people love that movie and silent night deadly night in case you're wanting to get into the slash your face off uh christmas spirit and why wouldn't you and i think that's getting close oh gremlins, gremlins. we'll do gremlins well of course i mean you kind of have to um that plus a lot of exciting first run titles that we're still working to lock down hopefully we'll bring some good stuff to you in december but check us out online again sidewalkfest.com or on social media at sidewalk film see you next time bye batwell studios podcast division your words our expertise